Good morning, Grace Church. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Let's just start it off right this morning. Praise the Lord. It is good to see everyone here this morning, and we're glad that you're joining us here at Grace. If you're joining us over live stream, God can do a tremendous work in your life. I'm excited about this morning, and it's not because of the announcements I'm fixing to make. I'm excited because I believe God's going to do something tremendous in this service. One of the things he's going to start with is in a few moments we're going to have a baptism. We're going to have two baptisms. I'm so excited. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? Amen. I love to see baptisms. There are a few things I need to go over with you this morning. On April 18th, uh, we will have our Tuesday morning prayer in the sanctuary at 10 a.m. Men's conference in Tioga begins uh, April 27th and extends through April 29th. And Sunday, May 7th, graduates will be honored if you uh, please let the church office know if you will be graduating. Can we stand to our feet this morning? Do you love the Lord this morning? I ask that every time I'm up here. Amen. Can we say, Lord, I love you this morning. Lord, I love you this morning. Let's give the Lord a, 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 our praise. And I, I want to let y'all know but one thing before I sit down. I believe that we have expectations when we go into a service. What are your expectations of your life, not only in this service, but once you have an encounter with Christ and you leave? I believe God can do a transformative work in your life today. Let's give the Lord praise this morning.
Jesus. There's victory when I call on the name of Jesus. Oh yes, do you believe that today?
lifted in the house this morning. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Come on, sing it with us. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never
to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Isn't it great to be here? Would you clap your hands all over the building and let's thank the Lord for his presence here today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord. Remain standing as you return to your seats. Look at somebody close to you and smile and tell them, I'm sure glad to see you. Sure glad to see you. Glad to see everyone here today. Thank the Lord. It's amazing to be in the presence of the Lord again and uh, always look forward to moments and fellowshipping the presence of the Lord. Thank the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. And uh, we want to welcome everyone here today. Uh, those of you joining us on live stream, uh, God bless you and uh, Facebook Live. We're so glad to have you uh, a part of the Grace Church experience today. Thank you so very, very much. And um, as far as I'm concerned, so far, it's been worth it to be here. Thank the Lord. We can leave right now and feel refreshed, fulfilled, just being in the presence of Jesus. Truly, what a wonderful name it is. And I'm thankful to know him. And I'm really thankful today. We've had two people baptized in that beautiful name that they just sang about. Wonderful. Thank the Lord. I'm always excited, obviously, for people to be baptized. And it's such a privilege, such an honor to have people baptized. And um, I want to begin today in honoring those people. I want to begin with uh, celebrating with uh, the Nose family that... Uh, Gunner was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost last Sunday. We're so excited about that. So excited about that. And then as you just witnessed, uh, Gunner was baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus. And uh, we're excited about that as well. And uh, it's always, again, an awesome thing. And I'm glad this morning that, and, and truly, I'm glad this morning that I can stand here and say they, was, they were not baptized in Jesus' name just because it's a church tradition, but it is uh, totally and strictly in accordance with the Word of God. Uh, after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, that's the only way everybody was baptized. There's no record of people being baptized any other way in the Bible, and uh, we're certainly thankful uh, for people who's, who are willing. And in Gunner's case, I'm thankful for parents, for family, that's willing to see him baptized. And I'm thankful to Jesus for filling him up with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When I heard last Sunday, uh, we were out of town, unfortunately. We were on our way back. And uh, Christy called, a couple other people called us riding down the highway telling us that Gunnar had received the Holy Ghost. And my response to that is so refreshing to know that the gospel still works. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. If you're old enough to repent of your sins, God honors that and will beautifully, graciously fill you up with the Spirit. Gunner, can you walk up here right now if you would? Thank the Lord. We want to give you these wonderful, wonderful certificates. And uh, <clears throat> I had an engagement with him uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Had a little conversation with him. And he talked back to me like he was 40 years old. And I was just impressed by that and amazed by that. And uh, I 
think he's an awesome young fella. And besides that, he's as handsome as I ever was. If I was that good looking man, I just, life would be different every morning. Thank the Lord. Happy for you, man. Happy for you that you were baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus, received the Holy Ghost. And we have these certificates for you today that you were baptized in Jesus' name on April the 23rd and that you received the Holy Ghost last Sunday, which was April the 16th. Thank the Lord. So you bring these to your parents. They'll put them away for you so you'll always remember this awesome time. God bless you, Gunner. Let's give him some appreciation. I am equally as thankful for Brittany Rousseff here this morning. Uh, her and her wonderful family has had their share of unbelievable trial and heartache, difficulty. I can truly say that God has kept his hand on them every step of the way. I'm going to be preaching about that in a few minutes. But um, she was filled with the Holy Ghost a week or so ago on a Wednesday night after well, one Bible study that night. It was a little bit of preaching that night. And God filled her up with the Spirit. And uh, today baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus. Brittany, would you come if you don't mind? And uh, let's give her and Jesus some amazing appreciation for amazing I appreciate God so much for the way he loves people the way he cares about people uh, the grace of God the mercy of God it's just hard to explain and Brittany experienced that Wednesday night just a week or so ago when she was filled up with the Holy Ghost uh, I, I, I'm not the only one that's noticed this but um, your countenance changes you just you look different. I don't know how to explain it. I told her that. She kind of looked at me, and I, um, you just you just have to experience it, I guess. And in and, and times to come, she'll see it in the face of other people as well. But we're so happy for you, so thrilled for you, and um, pray that God will continue to bless and prosper you and your family. And, uh, of course, here's our certificates we give to everyone that received the Holy Ghost on April 12th and, of course, baptized in Jesus' name. Thank you very much. There's many, many things I enjoy uh, being a pastor, obviously. But two, I guess two of the most is dedicating babies and doing what I just did. Nothing like having natural babies and spiritual babies. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. So excited. So excited. Great to see all of you. Thank you for being here. Our guest here today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. You'll stand with me this morning in honor to the Word of God, in honor of the Word of God. Um, just have one verse of Scripture. And um, when I read this this week, my heart just just felt on fire, felt, felt very compelled this morning to bring to you what I believe God has laid on my heart. Psalm chapter 37, verse 24, should say Psalm 37, verse 24, excuse me. <clears throat> the psalmist said, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. 
For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have lived this all of my life. I have experienced this all of my life. I shared with somebody just several days ago, we were talking about different ministers and preachers, and I could not help but go to will soon be 66 years ago, 64 years ago, I was two years old and uh, the doctor said I wasn't going to live. And uh, my mother called our pastor, Brother Eulen Meyer. He arrived at our house at 6 a.m. in the morning, stayed by my baby bed until 9 a.m. that morning. The rest is history. From a child, I was taught about God's unchanging hand, no matter what my circumstances were, no matter what events were going on in my life. I've been taught the value of God's hand. I want to preach to you for just a few minutes this morning, holding God's unchanging hand. Everybody say, thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for standing. God bless you, and you may be seated. Thank you so much. There's this this presentation is not new, obviously. I do have something at the end that I'll share with you. But this concept isn't new. We've heard it if you've been in church a week, if you've been in church for 50 years. You've heard something about the hand of God, no doubt. <clears throat> you've heard about the value of holding the hand of God. The problem that most people face at some point in their life is how. How is this concept, this principle the Bible teaches, how do you do it? We'll come to that in a moment. I'm going to ask an obvious question. I will exempt you from any response because of it so being so obvious. But have you ever held someone's hand or had someone hold your hand this goes beyond a boyfriend girlfriend spouse there's many times that I've experienced someone taking my hand and there's many times that I've taken the hand of other people there's something about that depending on the circumstance there's something about that that can be incredibly valuable, incredibly meaningful. There are many times and many ways that we have reached out to touch someone's hand or to be touched ourselves. I believe it's accurate to say most oftentimes when we think about hand holding, our first reaction is romantic. We think about teenage romance and the magic of holding hands with our first love. I'm a little hesitant to go down this path, but I have to in this moment. One block over, the next street over, right behind the church, is a street light next to the sidewalk, between the sidewalk and the street. When Sister Murph and I were 
becoming more than friends. We were walking around the sidewalk late one afternoon. I remember it being very warm. I don't remember the month, but it was warm outside. And we were, excuse me, she was just chattering away. And we got, was walking down the sidewalk. At that time, her and her family lived in the house directly behind the church. And uh, she and I had been best friends, just friends, nothing romantic, just friends. We were, what, 17, 18 years old, whatever it was. But that afternoon, that evening, we had stopped by a church family we went to church with that lived on the other side of the block, and he was an amazing piano player. He had just picked up a brand new piece of music, invited us to come in and listen to it. We did. He played it flawlessly. And maybe that helped set the mood. I don't know. We left and continued our journey around the block. When we got to that street lamp, it's still there. And I would almost venture to say it's the same one. I don't know that it's ever been changed in all these years. If it's not that old, it looks that old. Kind of like some of us here today. But we were walking down the sidewalk and it seemed simultaneously that our hands brushed against each other's. And simultaneously we both just took a finger and latched it around to the other one and the rest is history. Uh, That is going on 47, almost 50 years ago that that happened. That did something to she and I. And uh, as a matter of fact, when I left her house that night, I kissed her for the first time. And she looked at me, and I'll never forget the question. She said, why did you do that? (laughs) And told me later that, the handful of boys that had kissed her for whatever reason, she always asked them the question. I said, why? I thought the reason would be fairly obvious. (laughs) But in case you don't get that, we'll go ahead and try to explain. Very Probably one of the most difficult questions I've ever been asked in my life. And uh, let me continue the story and we'll jump back into our sermon. But it was just... Months later, maybe a little over a year later, I got down on one knee at the house right behind this church on their back patio and asked her to marry me. We've gone full circle all the way evangelizing over half the country, 26 states, and um, went to Youngstown, Ohio, started a church, and we ended up right back where it all started. But it started with the touch of each other's hand. There are other times that we held the strong and confident hand of our father or our mother. Generally speaking, in my personal experience, holding the hand of my mother was far more comforting. Because usually when I was holding the hand of my father, I was being forced to. And it was leading me to a destination that I didn't want to go. I'll come to that in just a moment. 
But then there's been those times to take this to a spiritual level where we've been asked over and over and over, if you've been in church any length of time at all, you've been asked over and over to take the hand of someone next to you and let's pray. I've seen it in church. I've seen it in hospital rooms. I've seen it at funeral homes. I've seen it on the outdoors at outdoor meetings. There's just something about grasping the hand of someone who has a like precious faith in God, a love of God, a love of the Word of God. There's something about taking the hand of another person in a time of crises, in a time of trial, tragedy. There's something comforting and there's something powerful about it. I'll mention something else this morning that's I think one of the most endearing, most special times to ever hold the hand of another person. And that's when your newborn baby is born and you grab a hold of that little hand. Somebody has said, and I totally concur, when you have a child of your own, it is truly the definition of love at first sight. To take a hold of that little old tiny hand and realize that you were the father or mother of that child. And there is a love there that cannot be written. It can't be described. There's something about holding the hand of that little child. There's a special magic, if you're not offended by that word, about holding hands and being held by a strong hand. Suffice it to say that we hold hands for different reasons, each of which carries its own meaning. Consider the picture of an elderly couple sitting on the porch swing, holding hands in the moonlight. I would call that commitment. Consider the nurse who takes the face of a small boy who sees his mother rolled into an emergency room and holds his face up to hers to keep him from seeing her pain. I call that sensitivity. A construction worker, as he builds a mighty building holding a hammer, I would call that strength. A mom takes her son to the first day of school. As they approach the classroom, he reaches up and takes her hand. I call that mom giving her son Security. A husband stands at his wife's bedside. She's been faithful, but now she's seriously ill. They have faced much together, but never this. He holds her hand, squeezes it gently. His hands say, we face much together. We'll face this together as well. I call that faithfulness. At a wedding, a father takes the hand of his daughter and places it in the hand of a young man and thus gives her away. I call that confidence. Sometimes the reason that people hold hands isn't always what it seems. And sometimes it's hard and challenging 
to discern. There's a word that's used by theologians that describes a condition applicable to these circumstances that I just mentioned to you. It's called theoanthropomorphism. It means taking the traits of humans and giving them to God. Perhaps the most profound way, if not the only way, that we really know how to even relate to God. That's what we do. That's what I do. That's what we all should do when we think of holding hands with God. In all of the circumstances I just mentioned, and there's many, many more, I find it relatively easy for me because of the way I've been taught and developed through the years that when I think about every one of these events, whether it's a mother, a dad, a parent, a child, a friend, a spouse, it doesn't matter. When you're going through a difficult time, when you're going through a challenging time, to me personally, it's easy to apply holding hands with that person, whatever the event, whatever the circumstance. It's easy for me personally to apply that to holding hands with God. It's easy for me to understand, and my point here today is to have the same thing happen to you, that no matter where you are, and no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing, I'm telling you here today, if you can understand theoanthropomorphism, if you can understand that, it's literally relating to you reaching out to a person that you trust, that you love, that you believe in. Relate that to reaching your hand upward and ask God, would you take a hold of my hand? I promise you, when you ask him that question, God responds instantly. He responds rapidly. And he'll take a hold of your hand. And if you will keep your hand in his hand, he will take you through whatever it is that you may be experiencing. It's the idea that we as believers can put our entire lives in God's care and it would be the same as holding his hand or having God holding our hand. There's nearly 100 instances in the Bible that talks about the hand of God or the hands of God where humans take this principle and determine that even though I can't see it physically with my eyes, I have faith and confidence and I know that God has a hold of my hand and whatever's going on in my life right now, everything is going to be okay. Everybody said amen. A well-known song puts it this way. Time is filled with swift transition. Naught of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Trust in Him who will not leave you whatsoever years may bring. 
If thy earthly friends forsaken, still more closely to him cling. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your hope on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. I preached to you several Sundays ago about what I believe is God's greatest attribute. And that is that he does not change. And the hand you took a hold of a number of years ago, the hand you took a hold of a number of weeks ago, is still the same today. And if it was faithful now, that hand is going to be faithful today. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord. I believe most everybody in this building today have come to trust ourselves in the hand of God. Most everyone here today understands what I'm presenting to you right now. We understand that the hand of God can correct us, conform us, protect us, strengthen us, comfort us, and the list goes on. Our text today that we read is on David as he explains the nature of the relationship of the believer with their God. He said, though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. The overall intent of this psalm is to underscore the security of believers and their fate when their fate is in his hands. Believers are reminded not to be envious of the unrighteous or to be doubtful of their own security with God because of the apparent success of the unrighteous. Believers are secure with God. The surety of their position is just as sure as the fragile nature of the unrighteous who will soon be cut down, the Bible said, as the grass. The righteous claims David. Listen to pastor. The righteous claims David will never be abandoned. David wrote under the anointing of God, with the direction of the power of God, to assure God's people from that day onward that as long as you are a child of God, in the hands of God, you will never be abandoned. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, David said, I was young and now I am old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging bread. Thank God for that. I said thank God for that. I've lived it. I'm an example of it. God has taken care of me all of my life. The righteous are being held and are holding on to the hand of God. Notice the screen. Because of that fact, as long as the righteous, somebody needs to hear the word of God today. Because of that fact, as long as the righteous are in the hands of God, they will never be utterly destroyed or, and kept down. Listen, either they climb up with their faith as leverage or he picks them up through the power of his will. 
Either way, you're okay in the hands of God. Either way, you're okay in the hands of God. There's people here today who have literally kissed death on the mouth. I have kissed death on the mouth. There's other people here today that's had cancer, if you will, and other uh, things in their body that should, according to the doctors, have taken them out. But God, but God, either through the faith that God gave you or just the power of his will, said not today. That's not going to happen today. God didn't let it happen today. I don't think Brother Greg Albritton will mind me telling this story. And it's his story to tell, but sometimes forgiveness is easier than permission. He called me Thursday. And uh, I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm in the hospital. And he went, proceeded to tell me the story. This past January, he was in an airport flying out to preach somewhere. And Glenn Murphy Luck struck him, uh, his gate to catch his flight out was the last one down those 14 mile long terminal hallways. It's all, they can't put you at the first one. I don't think anybody ever uses the first gate. They always use the last gate. You learn narrow is the way. Long is the way. He got all the way to his gate and realized he forgot one of his carry-on pieces back at security. His flight was leaving in seven minutes. He said he ran with all he had, knowing he wasn't in good shape. If you know Brother Greg, he's always been athletic and so on, but time takes its toll sometimes. He ran as fast as he could to get that bag, ran all the way back. He said when he got back, he said he was so short on breath he could hardly breathe. His chest was tight up so much he, he, he knew something was wrong. Then after the experience of his dad, it alarmed him. And uh, he had an occasion a month or two later where something similar happened. He knew something was wrong, so he started calling, making appointments. Finally, had all the tests done. And they concluded that what the doctors called the Widowmaker artery coming out of his heart was 100% blocked. We all know that as you age, younger people wouldn't have survived this. If you, as you age, your body literally creates little smaller veins that keeps hearts, your, your blood moving through. But in times of stress, they're not capable of carrying enough blood. And that's, the doctor said that's really what kept him alive. And he should have died in the airport that day. But this is where I say, if anybody on this planet that I know personally has ever learned how to hold on to the hand of God. It's been Gregory Albritton. The man has been through tragedy after tragedy. It started when he was a young person. He broke his neck, should have died. He had West Nile virus. You know what happened to his sweet wife, Jamie. Uh, his kids was in a car wreck just a few weeks ago. They're okay. It just, it just seemingly never ends. But he stands flat-footed and says... God's not done with me yet. God's not done with me yet. I still have value. 
and I still have purpose. I want to submit to somebody today. It may be a common message, but you understand that God can pick you up through the value and existence of your faith or just by the power of the sheer will of God, he says, I'm not going to let you utterly fall today. Not on my watch. I don't care what doctors say. I don't care what a paramedic says. I don't care what the counselor says. You're not going down today. And there's people here this morning that have experienced that, that have lived that, that knows the validity of that statement. Hallelujah to God. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There are immeasurable blessings that comes from holding the hand of God. In a world where everything changes instantly, it is a blessing for believers to know that God's hand is unchanging. The way of dealing with us is constant and predictable. Listen to pastor one more time. He won't be with us today and then forsake us tomorrow. I want to say that again. He won't be with us today and then forsake us tomorrow. The biblical record is filled with reassurances that God will be with us in a predictable manner. When Israel prepared to go into unknown territory in the Old Testament, Moses reminded them in Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, He it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor will He forsake thee. Before you can say today, well, that's Old Testament. Let me tell you how it's repeated in the New Testament. The writer of Hebrews said, in Hebrews 13, verse 5, For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. This is reassurance that whatever situation that may arise, God will be there holding our hand. Hallelujah to God. To our parents that may have wayward children. To our kids here today and students that may have wayward parents. For families here today that may have wayward relatives. It seems things seems to change in their relationship toward us. But God never changes. God never changes. The psalmist said, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take thee up. There's people here today that are living that. In God's hands, we are safe. He will not walk out on us. He will not abandon us. He will be there for us regardless of the circumstance. I can assure you today, whether it feels like it at the time or not, God is always sensitive to our needs. He understands the burdens that we bear and how we feel on the inside. There are times when those around us just do not know, but God always knows. He always knows. 
The skeptics around us doubt our motives, but God knows. And because He knows, He helps us carry our load. And our faith in Him somehow makes our burden lighter. Don't forget the verse that Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I call that compassion. He continues that if we take his yoke upon us, that our burden will be light. It is a sign that he knows us and he knows all about us. The songwriter said when you're pain, when your body suffers pain and your health you can't regain and you have to get along with a meager fare. Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. While we're in his hands, we're under the protection of a compassionate God who knows and understands us. Out of his compassion and love for us, he opens doors for us and makes ways out of no way that we, can, that we may enjoy life more abundantly. It's what compassion means. We hold to his hand because he cares about us personally. So what does all of this mean? We understand it, it sounds good, but what does it really mean? It says whatever problem I have, whether it is sickness or finance or an unforgiving spirit or misunderstanding, God is big enough and strong enough to handle it. I want to say again in the name of Jesus, somebody needs to hear what pastor's saying right now. It's what Jeremiah meant when he said, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too hard for God. He can handle any problem that is set before him. In answer to that same statement, Isaiah 59.1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. So every believer should hold to God's hand. Even in difficult times, wait for his deliverance. Don't give up. He can and will take care of it. So finally today, while we have considered what we should want We've all considered what she, we should want and why we should want to hold on to God's hand. Now that we've considered what we can get from holding God's hand, we must finally consider how do we hold God's hand. There are many who fail to hold God's unchanging hand because they don't know how. To hold God's hand successfully, you take a hold of what you've just heard. You take a hold of what you read in the Bible. You take a hold of what you hear taught about God and about His promises and His Word. 
you take a hold of that. I'm going to oversimplify this. You take a hold of it and you believe it. Now listen to pastor. When something terrible and tragic and horrible happens to you, you don't fall, default to unsteady emotions. You don't default to doubt and fear and all of that. You default to what you've heard. You pull up what you remember about God, about what you've been taught and preached to about God. You default to that and determine in your mind, that is what I choose to believe in spite of my own feelings that's happening to me right now. I've mentioned numerous times, I don't like to mention me that much in a sermon. Personal reference here and there, that's about it. I've done, I've done it today on purpose because I want to illustrate the point that I've lived this. I can tell you the time when my son Marcus was in the hospital at 16 years old. Dr. Dean could not find what was wrong with him. Couldn't find it. Brought in a specialist, some kind of a nuclear something doctor. I don't remember his title. But he had an intestinal virus that normal medical protocol couldn't find. He was 16 years old. He was skinny anyway, mainly due to his age. He had lost 15 pounds. When I left him and his mother at the hospital that night, he was curled up in a fetal position, severely dehydrated. And I remember in the hospital room that day, I've such regretted it, but my emotion and passion got a hold of me, of course, as a father. Dr. Dean came in the room that day and he said, we can't find out what's wrong with him. I pointed my finger at his face and said, you listen to me. You find out what's wrong with my son. I talked to him kind of ugly and I'm very sorry. His passion, desperate. I went home that night, getting ready for bed and I begged God to let me trade places with him. The next day, the next afternoon, Sister Murph called me and said they found out what's wrong with Marcus. And uh, they're giving him proper medication. And we brought him home from the hospital in just a few days. That is a prime example of holding on to the hand of God. My motorcycle accident, 2019, I was tumbling down Florida Boulevard, literally. I don't know how far I rolled. I was ejected from my motorcycle going about 55 miles an hour. Paramedics, I should have said I should have died, but the power of the will of God said not today. The only thing I remember before I came to a stop in the middle of Florida Boulevard across from where Cartana Mall used to be, I was screaming with everything I had on the inside, Oh God, oh God. My brain defaulted to that by itself before I could command it to do that. That's what it defaulted to. God showed up in the form of a woman that walked up to me. As soon as I rolled to a stop, I got over to the median so I wouldn't get hit by a car. She asked me my name and I told her and she said, I'm going to take care of you until the paramedics get here. 
paramedics arrived just a few moments later. She said, I've taken care of him till you arrive. He's in your hands now and walked away. An hour or so later, the two paramedics that carried me to the hospital in the ambulance went and picked someone else up, brought them back to the same emergency room and stopped by my room to see how I was doing. And I said, who was that lady that took care of me till y'all arrived? both at the same time looked at me and said what lady they had no memory of anybody talking to me the hand of God showed up in the form of that woman I believe an angel whoever it was I could go on and on when you're going through a tough time you default to faith to the word of God to the power of God that's on the inside you'll stand with me this morning When we allow God to guide us, we allow Him to take control of our lives and guide us along the way. That's what the songwriter had in mind when he said, lead me, guide me along the way. Lord, if you lead me, I will not stray. The song concluded by saying, let me walk each day with thee. Lead me, O Lord, lead me. When God holds our hand, I want you to look at the screen. When God holds our hand, He hangs on to it even when we're tempted to let go. I'm a parent of two amazing, amazing people. But I remember times in my my life and their very young life, about Gunner's age, you all have met Gunner. When I wanted them to go somewhere with me and they didn't want to go. And I wrestled with them. I've seen them wrestle with their mother and she with them in the same way. I would grab a hold of their hand and they would do everything in their power to get their hand out of mine. Every parent here today has experienced it. And the God I know and the God I serve today is just that kind of God that says, I know you don't want to hold my hand right now. And I know you don't want to go where I'm leading you. But I'm taking you to the very best place possible. You can get mad at me. You can get upset with me. You can call me ugly words and bad names. But I refuse to let go of your hand. And there's people here today. Not many. There's a few people here today. You're trying your dead level best to get your hand out of the hand of God. So you can go where you want to go and do what you want to do and be everything you want to be. But you know what? He's that kind of God that just don't let go. Phil Elwood turned his back on God. I don't remember some 25 plus years. Did whatever he wanted. 
Came back to church one night, stood right down there, second or third row back. And in less than 60 seconds, God refilled him with his spirit. God never let go of his hand. There are people in the waning moments of this message that God just had to let go of. The first person that comes to my mind is Judas Iscariot. Brother Merle Ewing, most of you know him, pastored in Lake Charles for years, preached a sermon. I've never forgotten it. That Jesus held on to him as long as he could. At the Last Supper, Jesus washed the feet of Judas Iscariot. Jesus ate a meal with Judas Iscariot, knowing that Judas already had 30 pieces of silver, a betrayal money in his pocket. Judas had already betrayed him. The wheels were spinning at that very moment, and Jesus knew it. But he still did everything he could possibly do to hold on and not to violate somebody's will. Jesus finally had to let him go. Judas went out on a hillside somewhere after returning the 30 pieces of silver and hung himself, killed himself. Luke was very kind in the book of Acts when he said about Judas, he went to his own place. You can choose to go to your own place today, do whatever you want to do. But the wise man, even when you don't want to hold God's hand, you will still let him hold on to yours. I'm going to be very kind here today. Do not want to be brash or harsh, but the building is full of people at one point in your life or another has walked away from God. You walked out on God for reasons that you thought were justifiable, for other reasons that were stupid. You let go of his head, but God had a hold of yours. And just refused to let go and to give up. There's people here right now. I wish God just just let go of me. Let let go of me. I I don't want, I don't like that feeling. I just, it's like a child just wrestling with a parent. Let me go. I want to go there. And the parent says, no, I want you to go here. You're having that same tug of war with God yourself. sincerely and humbly today want to give everybody an opportunity here today to just go ahead and submit and say okay God I'm going to go ahead and take care of your hand I'm going to take a hold of your hand and I'll go where you want me to go and I'll, I'll be what you want me to be and I'll do whatever it is I'll quit fighting I'll, I'll quit saying no I'll, I'll I'd love to have my conscience quiet at night when I go to sleep. So the best way to do that is just go ahead and say, okay, God, I'll take a hold of your hand and I'll, I'll go where you want me to go. So as they begin to sing softly here today, I'm going to ask, as we do here at Grace Church, if everybody would just come gather around the front and take advantage of this moment. Our sweet young people, God's got a hold of them so tightly and they've got a hold of him so tightly. It's an amazing thing and it always inspires me. But is there somebody else here today 
and says, God, sorry I've been fighting. For your mercy never fails me. But God, I'm going to grab a hold of it. I'm going to grab a hold of that hand. I'm going to believe every promise. I'm going to embrace every sermon. I'm going to start living. When I go through a hard time, I'm not going to question and doubt and all of that. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to hang on, God. I'm going to hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to hang on to your hand today. I'm going to be, God, what you want me to be. I'm going to do whatever it is you want me to do. Because all my life you have been faithful. Y'all sing. Y'all sing. He don't quit, God. He's just not the quitting kind. He don't give up on people. He don't give up on you. He's always interested in holding on to your hand. Come on, folks. Somebody take advantage of this moment. Take advantage of this opportunity. Let's everybody pray together. Let's everybody worship together. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I know you as a father. I know you as a friend. And I have lived. In the goodness of God Hallelujah, all of my life So my life you have been faithful All of my life And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing Every breath that I 
been played.